you like got so deep out of four and I was like, oh, she's fucked. Oh, that's right. I thought for sure I was going out the front yeah, you were from done. four to five. Like I was like, get to alignment. And then like, I just never got to alignment. Like I was like, what the fuck do we work on, Elizabeth? Like you literally you never- crossed the wake with your ass like on the water. Yeah, my arms were nowhere near my body. Like it was literally like- Everybody, like please ski, go back ski. and watch that and never do that. Ski or die. 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 Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to the Ski or Die podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Montavon. And I'm Stevie Island. And we are finally back on the mic after a pretty long break. We had a lot of tournaments and a lot of travel, and we don't have the whole travel setup figured out yet. So <laughs> it's taken us a minute, but we are back. I'm going to quickly go over the rules of the show if you're new around here. Um, all we ask, because we don't have sponsors on this show, is that you pay it forward for us and share this episode with somebody if you learned something or if it inspired you today. That is all we ask to hang out on the Ski or Die show. But today's episode, we are going to, um, after much demand for it, recap our experiences at the U.S. Open, U.S. Nationals, Hilltop Pro-Am, the travel, all that good stuff. It's been a very fun couple of weeks. Um, got to go to a couple cool cities, see a lot of people. Um, really, kind of just embodied the like what we really love about skiing. You know, seeing everybody, people of all different skill sets who just love the sport. Um, getting to travel a little bit and walk down on different starting docks that are completely completely different than what we do every day. Um, but yeah, I guess we need to start with U.S. Nationals. So for those of you who didn't fully understand the format of U.S. Open, U.S. Nationals, that situation, because I think it was confusing for everybody, not that it's hard to understand or a bad idea, it just was different. Um, the U.S. Nationals Open Division was the prelim, also counted as the prelim for the U.S. Open. So this is the first time, at least in my lifetime, where non-American skiers got to ski during, quote, the U.S. Nationals um, because it was a qualifier for a pro event that was for everybody, which I think was really cool for um, the American amateur demographic. Um, they might not get to actually meet a lot of those foreign professional skiers otherwise. So I think it was really cool to see everybody mingling together. Yeah. No, it was super cool to see. And, you know, it had been, I think, something like 10 years or something since I've been to Wilmington, yeah. uh, Illinois. So that was really cool. And I thought it was really fun to be able to go into the city because we got to see Chicago. We got to walk around. So that yeah. was like a really uh, cool part of my trip there. But for the site itself, it was, you know, set up really well. They had staff on hand basically busing people from the parking lot to the site. 
They had a bunch of booths set up. It's a beautiful site if you've never been. It's two man-made lakes. Um, it's owned by uh, Jeff Surday's parents, Roy and Barb. They've always been massive contributors to water skiing and um, very enthusiastic about promoting water skiing within the Midwest. You know, um, they're very proud of how much good skiing comes out of the Midwest with such an abbreviated season, and rightly so. Um, and it's a beautiful lake, and um, they're very organized. They do a great job of putting on an event with only two lakes. You know, at Okihili, it's much easier. Somebody's yeah. probably gonna slap me for saying that, but easier <laughs> to put on a nationals when you've got more lakes. So yeah. um, I've always thought it was impressive, and it was very impressive once again. Um, and they even handled some weather delays really well. There was mm -hmm. storms and tornado warnings, and a lot of events got pushed around as a result. Um, and they just managed to continue to pull it off. And I think the turnout was pretty good. You know, so last year, we weren't sure if we were going to get to have a nationals because of COVID. And um, Bennett's made it happen. Andre, you know, pulled off that whole tournament on two lakes as well, um, very well. And that was kind of, they were the savior of 2020 because we got to have a nationals when we weren't sure if we were going to. And that was just incredible. And then this year, you know, the Surdays hosted it. And I think the turnout was pretty good. I don't actually know the numbers off the top of my head. But there was a lot of people. Yeah. No, and for the open events, too, even the prelims, there was, like, a good crowd of people there. That was really cool. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they had a night jump event, which is a huge draw. You know, the actual U.S. Open that had occurred, that was super fun. Yeah. Um, I feel like the vendors um, had, like, smaller booths this year. But, you know... I understand why it's obviously really expensive to bring a lot of merchandise to an event um, and considering how much how, like how much variety there is in skis and equipment anymore it probably makes more sense to actually just have it shipped to your home once you speak to somebody um, but I thought it was really cool that the, all the brands got to have not only their American athletes but also their foreign athletes to meet and greet people a little bit as well. Yeah, yeah, having the foreign athletes there was really great, you know, mm -hmm. um, especially for the brands, of course. But I think yeah. the, the size of the booths were actually more to do with just the fact that there wasn't enough space for more, That's true. you know, sizable booths. But anyways, for the skiing portion, mm -hmm. we had the prelims. Um, so we didn't get to practice because of weather. So we got there the night before and they had had a couple hour delay um, like while we were in the air. Mm -hmm. So the events were running late and they were running so late that they actually had to move a division from the Solemn Lake uh, to the next day. And they ran, I mean, right up until dark. So mm -hmm. nobody got to practice. Um, it wasn't just like an us thing. Mm -hmm. um, so when we skied the prelim, which was US Nationals, that was really our first set there. Right. And like I said, like in like 10 years for me. Yeah. So it was a little bit different. But, you know, something I really wanted to explain today on this podcast is, uh, you know, I only had two passes because I, I felt very early, you know, four and a half, 35, which is a horrendous score for me. But the fact of the matter is, you know, there's a, there's a good 20 mile an hour headwind off the dock. Yeah, you're really not prefacing this well with what we were all staring at from that side. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of scary, not going to lie. Well, it was kind of like my first pro event. I mean, not really, though, because I wasn't actually qualified for the U.S. Open. So it was like, I'm kind of calling Hilltop my first pro event, just for the fact yeah. that it kind of was my true. But it was the first time I was on the dock with all the pros skiing mm -hmm. against them. We'll just say it that way. 
And so it was a little nerve-wracking in that sense, but then looking at the gusty winds, the 20-mile-hour winds right off the dock, I was just like, oh, shit. Like, Yeah, we were all serious... kind of like standing on the dock trying to convince each other that it was skiable, and it was... <laughs> I think if we were had been like all at home, I think a lot of people would have been like, I don't know if like the ankle injury potential is really worth it right now. Yeah, we don't. I don't think we would have skied that at home, but you know, it was a tournament and we're gonna go. Yeah, we're, and you know, I think we're all, you know, everyone's pros on the dock. They're all okay with it. And they're like, hey, well, let's do it. And I felt really good on the water, actually. You know, I ran my opener, I smoked it, I had Will Bush behind the wheel, it felt amazing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was the most comfortable I felt on the water in a tournament, pretty much ever, to be honest mm -hmm. with you. So, having that in mind, like, of course I didn't get the score I wanted, but I, going forward, I knew that I could be that confident on the water, and regardless of score, that's what I was chasing. You know, from the beginning of the off-season of this year, that's what I really wanted to feel. Because there's so many tournaments that I went into before where I just felt shaky on the water for whatever reason. You know, I feel great in practice. I go to the tournament, all of a sudden things start to break down. Um, and I think a lot of people struggle with that. Mm -hmm. So to get to that point where, like, I'm in the tournament and I feel good, it's like really, that was a huge deal for me. So regardless of the score, I think I took that away at least, you know. Yeah, and I think it's really cool that, um, you know, you had such a, you had a low score and you had such a big takeaway from that event. Um, because I mean, here's the deal, you guys, like it was, it was windy. It was blown out and we ski in a lot of wind, especially in the winter when it is windy in Florida. Um, so we're not, we're not really the first people to turn down a windy set. And we were looking at that and even for us to be like, I don't know if this is a good idea, but like we we're here, we have to do this. That's how windy it was. And Stevie, out of everybody, I would say Stevie and the two guys who went after Stevie had the windiest. That was the windiest three sets of the entire day. It just gusted up, um, which is just unfortunate. Like it, that was just so unfortunate. Yeah, but I mean, here's how windy it was. Like at the far end of the lake, because it was a headwind off the dock. So at the end of your first pass. Um, or no, no, forgive me, at the end of your second pass, because the wind is at your back while you're waiting to go around the island, the wind was so strong, I couldn't hear the timer in the boat at one end of the lake over the other end of the lake because the wind was pushing the sound away from me. <laughs> so the boat judge literally had to like tell you first beep, second beep, because you couldn't hear it. At the other end, you could hear it because the wind was pushing the noise towards you. That's funny. But I mean, I was literally like waiting for the timer because I'm like, I know I heard it at the other end and I'm mm -hmm. like, because I got to click my buckles on my boot, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you unbuckle every time. Yeah, so first beep is when I rebuckle. That's fine. And then second beep is like when I go. I just leave it buckled. I don't like my foot cramps. Oh, yeah. If I if I don't do it right after the first pass, then by the third pass, I'm like, shit, I should have unbuckled at the first pass. I usually don't have to unbuckle until like maybe like six passes into a set. See, I got little feet and little ankles, so I got to have that thing so tight. <laughs> <laughs> little hands funny. and little feet. Um, but anyway, it was it was pretty windy. And, I, you know, I would probably echo the same um, sentiments. I felt really good on the water, even in the chop. I really loved how my ski felt. Um, I thought the boat felt pretty good. I mean, it was just it was just a choppy set, but the ski felt really good in the water. Um I fell at two ball at 38. I took 38 tailwind. I felt really good in the tailwind. So I thought I had a really good shot at running 38 tail. That was like my, I just wanted to get through a 38 because they take the top five 
from the U.S. Nationals to the U.S. Open, right? So that's a very steep cut. You're going from 20-something women and 30-something guys to five. You know, in my opinion, that's a really tough cut. Mm -hmm. Um, And for how far we all had to travel and how expensive everything was, that's rough to only get to ski once, you know, and then... Be That's done. nationals, man. Yeah, but that is crazy. nationals. Um, I I wish they could have taken at least eight. I don't. I wouldn't have made it in, but eight I think would have been a better final. Um, but that's just my opinion. Um, that being said, I felt really good in the water. Turned one ball at thirty eight. I was like, this is this is gonna be okay. I know it's a tailwind. You're just gonna feel a little fast, but like don't panic. Came into two ball. I liked where I was at, and then kind of all of a sudden I was just out the front. And um, I thought it was a one and a half, but they only gave me a one. And when you watch the video, you can see that my ski doesn't make it outside two ball. But it's funny because when I came into two ball, like I visually could see my ski outside the buoy line. So I don't know if the wind pushed me weird, if I hit the chop kind of weird. But I was just out the front all of a sudden. Yeah, it was weird. It looked like your ski kind of just caught an edge and just went with it. Yeah, it was like, very bizarre. It, you kind of hop the wake into an edge, and I've mm-hmm. seen it happen to you a couple times in practice. It's just a kind of this weird thing that happens. Yeah, that and happens I think in the trap, it just... Yeah, I don't know why your ski just took an edge so hard, and then it, you were just... Once that happened, I mean, there was nothing you could have done. Yeah, and it was, it was... It was a pretty gnarly fall. Like, I didn't actually know if I was okay in the water, and come to find out after coming home, like, I sprained three ribs, I sprained my pelvis, I was in a lot of pain, um... And I, in hindsight, my, my physical therapist told me what we should have done on shore to kind of mitigate some of the, the pain, but um, I just didn't know at the time. Um, yeah, so I wasn't sure if I was okay in the water, but I was, you know. And then I was a little disappointed, of course, because I really thought I could have ran that 38 tail, and running 38 would have would have put me in the final because there wasn't a lot of great scores going down in that wind. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, kind of the same, same thing as you. Um, I felt really good on the ski, and so it was nice to know, okay, if we go somewhere that's different than Florida, totally not Florida water, um, it was a little bit cooler, um, the water consistency was different, there's that much chop. The, the visuals were pretty weird. Yeah, visuals are different, um, you know, not my driver, it still felt really, really good, mm-hmm. um, just kind of like stroke of bad luck, you know, or as, like, as I like to say, two mistakes in a row, like I might have, you know edge change kind of weird and I don't even like saying the word edge change because I don't really believe in edge change but that's like a whole different podcast episode (laughs) and then you know didn't really handle my balance right into the chop on and off side Mm -hmm. but um it was really cool to feel that good in in that adverse of conditions and we got to watch an epic finals all the events um and it was really nice to see um all the people there yeah we had some skier die repped yeah. That was super cool to see. Yeah. You know, we had like the Aiden and Ethan rocking skier die gear, Paul Armour on top of the podium. Yeah, we had some podium skier dyers, which was really cool. Yeah. Um and then some people just, you know, you know, grabbing us and saying, Hey, I really like your podcast and <laughs> that was really cool. Um, especially because people I don't know. It's one thing when people I've known my whole life through skiing, you know, right. say something, but when it's kinda like complete strangers. So that was really cool and we were just really grateful to get to meet fans of what we do because we love it so much that's what this is all about yeah. um and then ran into like a lot of people i just haven't seen in many years 
Yeah, I mean, that's how Nationals is each year, you know? Yeah. And back to, like, the skier die, you know, quote-unquote fans or whatever, like, I think it's, like, more rewarding for the fact that, you know, not because we made something and meeting people who love our shit, like, that's so cool because we're so cool. Mm-hmm. I find it more interesting to, like, for the fact that we know that people who enjoy our content are, this, you know, so like-minded when it comes to skiing, when it comes to the hardships, when it comes to the mentality of it all. Mm-hmm. I think, like, that's, like, really cool because we're all biting into the same thing. We're all, you know, here with the same mantra. Like, that's so rewarding. Yeah, I mean, it's not about, like, feeling like a star at all. It's like, okay, these people, they're on the same page about at least this. I don't have to know anything about you, and I know I could probably grab a beer with you. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we have so much in common already, mm-hmm. and I think that's just really cool to know and to see. Um, and another thing I wanted to say was, I, you know, I felt like, um, something that was different this year over past years was um, there was a lot of like team spirit in the brands, mm-hmm. you know. So like I mean I can speak most genuinely for the good team, of course, because I'm on the good team. But like what I saw from the outside for like the radar team and the HO team, mm-hmm. there was just like a lot of I can't think of anything better other than like team spirit. Yeah, it's cool. Like Trent and Brooks come and mm-hmm. you know they support their guys and. Obviously, like the HO conglomerate is like oh, always been tight knit. Yeah, yeah, which is cool to see. And I felt like Good did a really good job this year of like facilitating like a really good team culture, even though obviously like we're all skiing against each other. Everybody mm-hmm. and every team is skiing against each other. Um, that was the most it like ever has felt like a team to me. Um, and I'm just really excited to see like where that's going. You know, it's been. Um, obviously very hard for Dawn to take over because this none of this was expected and I think she's doing just a phenomenal job. She's a really strong woman and she's had to step into some really big roles that she never planned on. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's doing great and it was great to see her, you know, um, manning the good booth and, and doing what they do. And yeah, I just, I love the team dynamic that Good is creating. I thought that was really cool and I can't wait to see... Um, more of that um so let's fast forward to hilltop one week after nationals yeah one week well i just want to say we watched all the finals at us open and we saw some really cool performances especially in in tricks i thought there was like a lot of great men's and uh, women's tricking and that was just very cool so i just wanted to say that because we did watch the finals so yeah, Hilltop, like... CV's <laughs> <laughs> over Chicago. I'm really good at the sideways. But <laughs> we flew home, trained a couple days, and then we're off to Seattle already. Yeah. Kind of, it was a quick turnaround for us. And, you know, we get into Seattle. I have to wait an hour and a half for a rental car. Thank you, Thrifty. Or what, was it Thrifty? No, no, no. We waited an hour and a half in Chicago for a rental Oh, my car. God. I'm so, like, twisted around because they were yeah. so close together. You're I... done now. I'm going to preface this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Preface it. So um, this year's Hilltop Pro-Am was run a little bit differently because they had so many entries, which is really cool, and I'm so excited for Gordon, you know, the owner of this um, that site, mm-hmm. that it's grown so much in popularity. So normally this would have been a Saturday-Sunday tournament. It used yeah. to be an HO thing, right? Yeah, more yeah, more just like an HO um, pro event where they would like film a lot of content, have a pro event, have mm-hmm. an amateur event. Very cool concept. Um, 
now it's become a full-on like pro-am and it used to just be saturday sunday there was so many entries that they had to run the two rounds of amateurs on friday and then uh two rounds of pros on saturday one round of amateurs on sunday and then all the open finals on sunday Mm -hmm. so it's a full-on three-day tournament so we went out we flew out on thursday and left the airport and went right to the site to get a practice set because we knew on friday there probably wouldn't be any practice we did end up getting practice though Mm because there was some people who were around, but we didn't want to bank on it, knowing they were going to pull a full two rounds right. of amateurs. Right, so yeah, we got there pretty much it's a day early. And yeah. that allowed us to go into the city on Friday, which was awesome. We got to yeah. explore Seattle, which I loved. We had, we had this time. epic Thai lunch that I'll never forget. <laughs> it was so delicious. I think, like, top five experiences in Stevie's life that he thinks back on, one of them is that Thai lunch. Yeah, it's up there. <laughs> It's insane. But we had some great coffee. Yeah. Um, it was, I mean, it was like very typical Seattle weather. It was like a little overcast, kind of misty. We had like mm-hmm. the full experience. It was in the, like the 50s and 60s. Yeah, yeah. So we get there on Thursday. It's like 75 and sunny. Mm-hmm. We didn't wear tops or anything to ski. Water was a little like crisp, but felt really good because the sun was out. Mm-hmm. We're like, hell yeah, this is going to be awesome. End of August. Perfect. Fast forward to Saturday. <laughs> We wake up and it's like 55 degrees outside. It was cold. And cloudy. And we're like, oh shit. We're a couple <laughs> Florida kids just getting wrecked. Oh my gosh. But you know, it, it in all honesty, it wasn't that cold. It was just the fact that you had to get wet multiple times. I think yeah. that really did it in for us. So I think next year we'll be more prepared. We're like, okay, we're going to get wet multiple times. We need to just like overpack. Yeah, overpack. And just get really dry and warm as much as we can. Well, you know how it is. Like, if it's if the air is cold but the sun is out, stuff can kind of get dry. Mm-hmm. Your your stuff was never going to get dry. Right. So you're putting on wet stuff unless you have some like, you know, somebody who has like a hair dryer in their RV who's willing to like let you, you know, blow dry your gloves. <laughs> but I remember it was before my first round. So remember, this is my first pro event ever. Yeah, we're counting this as like Stevie's real first pro event because he had a guaranteed two prelims to qualify for a final. Right, it's kind of like normal structure. Yeah, real setup. Yeah. Um, so, I'm standing on the dock. I'm literally about to go as my first round of my first pro event ever, and I'm like, clearly nervous and shivering and cold as shit. And Will Asher, Mr. British man, comes up with his big beard and he's like, "What's all in your head, man?" He pointed. He pointed to his head and he's like, and I was like, "What's all? In, what are you talking about?" And he's like, "The cold." I was like, oh my god. <laughs> Is it that obvious that I'm like cold and nervous right now? I'm just like standing there watching this because I'm like, this is going to be an epic story one day. Stevie's like going to tell his kids, right? Because like, well, it was so cool. Well, Asher and I were on a team for the uh, Travers Grand Prix. I skied as an amateur and we were, uh, <laughs> it was me, Paul Kulig, and Paul's friend Tom. And we, we had Will Asher as our pro. <laughs> That's a whole other story. But Will and I kind of sure go back like, to that. These three fucking idiots. Yeah, he, he was like these three fucking idiots. Fact, and then next thing you know, he's looking at me standing on a pro dock, like about to ski against him. Like, what? How did you get here? <laughs> <laughs> Will's like, well, the standard has fallen. Oh, whatever. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, but that was, that was super cool. That was very cool. Yeah, that was a funny moment. Um, well, do you want to talk about how the skiing went and skiing felt first, or you want to talk about the event? Yeah, like I'll the... talk about the skiing. My skiing, um, you know, I skied okay. 
my first round didn't go really great. Um, felt a little iffy on the water. Mm-hmm. I think I was a lot of nerves. Yeah. Um, and uh, I had Gordon, who I had not really skied. I actually had never skied behind. Yeah, you'd never skied behind Gordon. Before. No, I'm not saying he felt bad or anything. It was just, we, you know, it's tough to find a rhythm with someone you've never even skied behind. Mm-hmm. Um, so second round went a lot better. I scored 3 of 39. Um, tied your PB. Tied my PB, my current PB. Um, now I had Becky in the boat. So I felt like home a little bit, Becky and Natik, you know? Yeah. And I felt good. You know, I ran a, a decent 38. It was a little safe to turn at five. You know, I got a little deep at three. It wasn't perfect, but hey, whatever. Mm-hmm. And 39, you know, I, I just kind of just, I had not the best one ball, and I pulled a little too long to two. Couldn't find a line, so I stood up at three ball. But hey, you know, I'll take it. It was really fun. You know, I had, you had the shoreline full of people. Mm-hmm. It was a pro event. You had... You know, uh, Tony talking over the loudspeaker about your skiing and how bad it is and all that. (laughs) How bad it is. (laughs) No, you guys, this was a really cool tournament because everybody's there. All the amateurs stayed after their third round um, Sunday, well, to watch the finals. But even on Saturday when they weren't skiing, they still all kind of all came. Yeah. And... They're just so fucking excited about skiing. They're so into it, yeah. It's like cold and misty. The kids too. Yeah, and like the kids are excited. The adults are like, I've just never been somewhere where like, I don't know. So for me, it's my turn now. <laughs> that was probably the the most enjoyable experience at a pro event I've ever had, and the best run pro event. I've ever been to. It was a ton of fun. It, I mean, we had cold. so much fun. I was like so glad that was Stevie's first like real full-on pro event because mm-hmm. that was like just the best experience. I don't even really know where to begin. I mean, they, they catered had, lunch too. That was nice. They catered lunch because you're kind of far away from everything. Hilltop is up on a hill. It's on the top of a hill. <laughs> it's quite literally, <laughs> and it's beautiful. It's surrounded by like this forest. That, like, if a bear walked out of, I would not be surprised. It's, like, I don't know. It's just very Pacific Northwest, and it was stunning. Um, The water is, like, crystal clear, but they um, they dye it blue, I'm assuming, for, like, plants and algae and stuff. But it's, like, clear blue. It's not, like, when people dye muddy lakes blue, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's, like, it's just, I don't know. It doesn't look real. Um, They ran a little bit late because of some weather delays, and even with running behind it was still really well run everything was well communicated to us um the people were just excited um even though they all worked their asses off to make it happen for us yeah Um, shouts to shannon strickland and gordon yeah yeah shannon runs one hell of an event and still skis well in it which is always impressive um yeah, and Gordon really i mean has just he's built this beautiful site and he's contributed the grass at that lake was unbelievable. Yeah, we, I don't think, I don't know how to explain via a podcast. You can't even explain it. How nice the grass was. It's like so soft and luscious and it goes around the entire thing. We're not talking about weed just because we were in Washington. Like we mean actual grass, like in the ground. It's like that grass, like you walk on it barefoot and it's like cool and silky between your toes. Yeah, they like film the movies where they like have picnics, romantic movies. Yeah, that is like, that type of grass. Like we live in Florida where it's like Pokey, it hurts. There's ants trying to kill you. Yeah. Like, there's little thorns and shit. Like, yeah. you don't walk barefoot in Florida. Unless you're Chet Raley, then you walk barefoot everywhere. And me. You're trying. Trying to become the turtle man. But anyways. <laughs> but yeah, no. So, I mean, it just... Yeah, it's an unreal... It's an unreal lake. And honestly, everybody who is there, like, that whole group of pros, 
everybody was so like happy to be at the tournament. Like they just, everybody was like on the same page about like, it's cold as shit. We love skiing. And it was really fun. There was just like, nothing was abrasive. Yeah, there was a kind of a lack of anxiety. Yeah, no anxiety. Nobody seemed like worried or stressed out or like they didn't want to be there. And I don't know if it's just like that demographic that was on the running order that at this one event was just like the right chemistry, but it was super fun. We all have our stuff spread out and you could literally like shout over to anybody like, Hey, um, it's Gaspery. Like which rope did you ski and what did you think? And like, he would tell you, and it's just, you know, it was just like that kind of laid back, almost like we had all gotten together to have a clinic for each other. I don't know. I can't think of a way to describe it, but it was very constructive. Yeah. I mean, you can speak more to that than I can because you've been to many more pro events than me because this is kind of like the first go around. But no, I felt really, it felt really amazing. Like, honestly, the culture felt really nice. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of times water skiing, you can kind of, you know, there's this abrasive situation going on, especially mm-hmm. with the pros. But, you know, at that tournament, I have to say, like, it was pretty chill. <laughs> yeah, I mean. For lack of better words. It makes sense. Like, okay, we're, we're competing. Like, we're competitors. So, of course, we're competing against each other. And so, like, on the starting dock, of course, everybody was, like, game on. Mm-hmm. But when it wasn't your turn to ski, it, I mean, it was just, I don't know, something about it felt very um, safe. Yeah, relax. You could just, yeah, kind of take up space and do your thing, and everybody was doing their thing. I just thought that was really cool, and I don't really have a name for what that phenomenon was. But um, I know that I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, and the kids were like playing football with the pros. Like me and CP were playing football with the kids. Me and Tony were throwing frisbee with the kids. Like I think that's cool. Yeah, that's super I feel like cool. That's rare sometimes at uh, pro events. Yeah, I know these kids. They were um, HO gave all the kids free shirts and sharpies and told them to go get autographs from all the pros, which is a super good idea. And so the kids are walking around getting their autographs on their shirts, and they come over to me and they're you know autographing it. And I don't really know how it came up, but they were like, where's Stevie? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, I know he went to the car and like, we need to find him. He's our football friend and he's going to sign our shirts. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just like so precious. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah. And they're like, how do you know Stevie? And I was like, well, he's my boyfriend. And like, well, we play football with him. And I was like, yeah, you guys probably do rank higher on the totem pole now. <laughs> they totally do. <laughs> but no, they were just like so about it. And that was that was really cool. Um, the other aspect of that trip that we have yet to touch on, though, um, is the flying. There's a lot of flying. Next time we're doing the red-eye back. Can I talk about my skiing? No, you're, no one cares about your skiing. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, talk about your skiing. Um, so first round, I think I had Becky in the first round. Yeah, I had Becky first, and I ran four and a half at 38. Um, Yeah, I don't know, just kind of like a little, I don't even really remember that 38 very well, to be honest. Um, It was a good start. Yeah, it was a good start. And you got a little delayed out of three, and then, if you remember, you got pulled up out of four, I believe. That's right. And I just grabbed a piece of five. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um... And I mean, the four and a half was enough to put me through to the final. I I had no, I knew that it, they took the top eight to the head to head. So in a lot of ways, in the second round, I kind of like had some pressure alleviated, um, which I wasn't sure if that was going to be good or bad because historically, 
the last preliminary round is always the round I've qualified off of. Mm. That little bit of pressure always, so I was like, I don't know, like how I'm, you know, this will be a cool test of you, self, how you do with no pressure. And I kind of like set a goal for myself that I wanted to set a higher score. So that at least in the head to head, in the pairings, I was like set at a higher matchup. Um, and at least give myself a higher backup score. Because if in the second preliminary round some women had tied my four and a half, it could have gotten messy and there could have been runoffs. So I was like, you know what? Why don't you just kind of like throw down and and get what you get? So I um, ran a pretty gnarly 38. And then I got a one and a half. I think it was the first woman to run 38 in that round, which was weird. I remember the boat judge saying that to me, actually. Really? Yeah. He was like, you're the first one through 38 this round. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay. And then I think I ran a one and a half at 39. Mm-hmm. Um, that 38 was crazy, though, because you, like, got so deep out of four. And I was like, oh, she's fucked. Oh, that's right. I thought for sure I was going out the front. Yeah, you were From done. four to five. Like, I was like, get to alignment. And then, like, I just never got to alignment. Like, I was like, what the fuck do we work on, Elizabeth? Like, you literally you never. crossed the wake with your ass, like, on the water. Yeah, my arms were nowhere <laughs> near my body. Like, it was literally, like... Everybody, please go back and watch that and never do that. Like, that was – and I, like, got outside five ball with enough balance that I was like, you know what? Fuck it. And I just threw the ski down and got six, and I was like, all right. I can't believe I didn't just go out the front, but whatever. I I thought – yeah, I saw my life flash. But it was such a good start. It was kind of the same as your first round 38, where it was, like, a really good start, totally runnable, and then three ball kind of got – Actually, no, your three ball was better. And yeah, then three ball it was better. four where, like, some, the ski, you kind of got too far on the front. The ski kind of stopped. Yeah. And then I got, got thrown on the front. Yeah, it was like the ski stopped and my body kept moving. And so I was like, this is the beginning of an out the front. And I was yeah. like, well, what if you just stay here and yeah, go across the You really just stayed there. <laughs> yeah. Right? You just, like, stuck with that position. Yeah. Which I do not advise, but sometimes you have to do that to get it done. I didn't even have to do it because I was already qualified, but I did. So, <laughs> but you knew you were qualified. So going into your thirty-nine, what was in your head? What were you thinking about? Um, I wanted a really good gate in one um, because I mean that's where everything starts. Like you're not gonna run your hardest pass off of a shitty gate in one, and I did not get the gate I wanted. Okay. Yeah. So out of one, you were kind of like, oh. Yeah, and then the line was just a little too dead at two which as a lefty on my offside, I just couldn't really get out, um, which was really disappointing. But, you know, it, it moved me up a little bit in the order for the bracket, which... So then the next day, you're pitched against Minon. Minon. For the first round of the head-to-head. Yeah, so top eight. So Jamie and Karen went first, Whitney and Vanessa went second, Minon and I were third, and... Um, and everyone ran 38. Yeah, so Minon was super gracious. You know, she normally starts at 32. And um, she came up to me and she's like, what do you want to start at? Because it was my first head-to-head of my life. And I was like, I would I would really rather a 28. And, you know, she had the option because um, Jamie and Karen had the same situation. Jamie wanted a 32 start and Karen wanted a 28. So Jamie was allowed to just ride down the lake and start at 32 coming back. Um, so... I think Menon could have done that if she'd wanted to, but she just started at 28 too, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, she chose to go out first, so I was following her. And she ran... Four? Four at 39. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I would have had to like have really beaten my PB because my best is three and a half. 
and um, I thought I could do it. So I ran, she ran 38. I was chasing her 38. Mm -hmm. Um, Once again, not like the most perfect 38, but I pulled it off. Yeah, yeah, it was very similar. You had very consistent rounds. Like Mm -hmm. your third 38 was pretty similar, but you didn't get stuck at four. Your ski came through fine, and then it was just kind of like done from there. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good point is, you know, the way I looked on the water was pretty consistent round to round, so that's nice when there's not like a weird anomaly. Yeah, no, yeah, you looked really solid. Yeah. Through Um, the whole tournament. And then 39, you knew she got four, so you had to get to five ball. Yeah. Right? So you're like, oh, shit. Which was like a tall ask, and I think it was doable. But you're very capable. Yeah. I just didn't have enough line at two ball. Again, I thought my gait was better. I thought one ball was good enough. Yes, it was. And I got to two ball and kind of just like had, felt like I had no line. Like I didn't swing up next to the boat very well. I probably gave up too much line into the buoy. Um, And rather than try to turn it and survive and get one and a half, um, I kind of stood up and took the two. We, Which put me on a higher spot on the podium because mm-hmm. there was some one and a halfs and ones. Got you. Yeah, no, and your gate one was beautiful from my perspective. Thank you. For, uh, and you just kind of, you said it pro- properly, I think. Um, you kind of just lost the lines of the buoy and then mm-hmm. you kind of got on the back of the ski mm-hmm. to try and grab some tension. Yeah, it was very much like on the fin, on the back of the ski. And I, I mean, I could have thrown down and tried to t- just like, get outside three ball, but I knew that I was probably going to be up against some one and one and a halfs at 39 for podium spots, and I knew the full two. I knew I wasn't going to get to five ball with that bad of a two ball. Yeah, Yeah. so I was like, you know what, Elizabeth, if you get a whole two, based on what I've seen this weekend, that's probably going to be Mm -hmm. solid-ish. Now, if I'd got, I mean, if I just felt 20% 20% better at two ball there, I, I would have probably just gone for it. Mm-hmm. No no guarantee I would have made it to five ball because that would have been new for me, but I you know, would have put up a better fight, I guess is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and Manon just had a really great weekend. You know, We were super happy for her and then how she did the next weekend at um, California. California. Yeah. yeah. But um, it was really cool. So I was, I was concerned about the head-to-head format. I didn't know if I would like that format. Um, you know, Chet's been training me for years now. He'll say, we'll be skiing a set. He'll be like, by the way, uh, Whitney just ran a three and you're chasing Whitney and it'll, you know, at 39 and he'll pull me out and I don't always beat the chasing score, um, which I didn't in this head to head either, but at least this time I didn't really have anxiety about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of enjoyed that pressure and what I really enjoyed about it was I only have to beat one score normally in a prelim you're like okay i gotta beat this score at least and if i do this it's gonna shuffle me up against you know so and so or it's gonna move me up here um but i don't know what everybody else is gonna run yet and there's like a lot you're thinking about with the head-to-head it's really cool it's literally just one pass at a time there's one score to beat um and it was really fun because nobody else could affect men on and i it was literally just men on and i which was really fun, I thought. Yeah, that's cool. It kind of simplifies it. Simplifies yeah. Simplifies it much less uh, moving parts. I, I mean, I know we were competing, but I kind of felt like it was just Manon and I were just getting to ski together, mm-hmm. which was like really cool. And because it didn't matter what Whitney ran or what Vanessa ran or whoever, it wasn't going to affect that round of the head-to-head, which um, is like liberating and cool. And yeah, I enjoyed that format a lot. I can now say I'm finally 
able to confirm or deny, and I, I liked that. Rock on. <laughs> but, um, okay, the flying. Like... You wanted to talk about travel. Yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was a long flight, you know, two long flights basically in a row, and with a layover and all that good jazz, mm-hmm. um, I think it's, it is, it's, it's really a not trip. too bad, especially on the way there. On the way back, red eye for sure is the move. Yeah, I think next time we'll do the red eye. you lose too much time. You lose three hours and then your whole day is fucked because yeah. you're traveling the entire day because of it. Well, and I think we kind of caught a cold because we were cold and wet for a few days. And then we came home and dealt with the cold. And then I think I just had allergies possibly. But, I mean, after the Seattle trip, because it's such a long travel and you're sleep deprived and whatever... It's always hard to, like, reacclimate after coming back. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's, I mean, the trip is still, like, so worth it. Yeah, yeah. It's not yeah. too bad. It's not like you're going overseas or nothing. Yeah. So, in the Seattle rental car facility is the first time I got recognized for being, like, from TikTok. <laughs> that was hilarious. Oh, my gosh. He, this guy saw the ski tubes, and he was just like, hey, are you that girl who skis on TikTok? And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to Hollywood! <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Though. No, it's probably the only time it's ever going to happen in my life, but I felt so cool. I was like, hair flip! I was like, yes! And then he, <laughs> turns out this guy skied for the University of Alabama. That's so random. Yeah, I don't think he, I think he does ski still. Some, I don't know. But I was just like, oh my god, this is so cool. Like, not only did he get to meet, like, another water skier just in the airport, but he skied for Alabama too. So I was like, this, yeah. What are the chances? So yeah, that was super cool. Um, what were some other highlights? Oh, in Chicago for Nationals, we stayed with this really cool couple, Airbnb. Yeah, that was chill. Yeah, she was from Guatemala. He was, like, from France. I'm like, why do you guys live in Joliet, Illinois? I have questions. Yeah, really interesting town to settle in. Yeah, but it was really cool. It was, like, a really old farmhouse um, and had, like, a ton of character. So that was cool to find a nice little Airbnb deal because the hotels were sold out. Um, we had a great hotel for... Seattle. We actually stayed in Everett, which is just like a northern suburb. Um, so we were closer to stuff, but we were still like 30 minutes from the site, would you say? Yeah? About. Okay. Yeah, so that was cool. I liked Everett. I don't know. We heard mixed things about Everett, but I thought it was nice. Well, we heard mixed things about everything. Like People were telling us that, you know, the homeless communists took over Seattle and there was is not even visitable. I didn't see any clearly, homeless or communists. Yeah, that was clearly uh, hyperbolic. Yeah, so I had heard that um, both Seattle and Chicago, being a little more left-leaning, were going to be super strict about masks, but we didn't have really any issues. No, no. Um, it was very close to Florida almost, like the wild, wild west, like where nobody cares down here. So um that was a relief because we were a little nervous that like we weren't going to get to go experience anything on the days that we had time to you know because of restrictions but um yeah i think there's been a lot of exaggerations everywhere which we already knew actually if you have half a brain (laughs) people just need things to talk about that's true so they hear news stories and they're like oh my god but seattle um we're not a news source, but we can tell you that we've been to Chicago and Seattle in the past three weeks, and it's not as bad as what they say. Mm. Yeah. Take everything you read with a grain of salt. 
several grains of salt anymore. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else we wanted to cover about this trip, though. No? But yeah, we had a ton of fun. I think that was a great... Um, we got to do a brief overview of what's coming up next. Yeah, we got... Um, That's important. Two four-round record tournaments, Okahili, then Hobe Lake Ski Club, and then right Which, into Malibu Open. It's four rounds. I've heard like two of those rounds we're gonna get Becky, and six of those rounds we're gonna get Jeff Kepsha behind the wheel. Which if that happens, ugh, what a dream! That'd be fun. That would I'm be excited. really fun. Yeah. So like that, we're hoping to do some good skiing, like really work on our skills, because we know Becky and Jeff really well, and just kind of like treat it like training. Yeah. Just in a tournament, like really oh, hone, so yeah, hone some shit in, and then the next weekend we have Malibu Open. Yeah, we're driving this time. That's nice. Yeah, we are, we're done flying for the year. Um, Malibu Open, the format is going to be 10. The first cut is the top 10, and then the top 4? It's different for male and female, I think, that first cut. Okay, so I don't remember what men's was, but I think women, they take the, the full list, and then they, the first cut, you got to make top 10, and then you got to make top 4, and the top 4 do a, a bracket head-to-head. So... Um, my favorite format is multi-round preliminary, and then highest scores go to a final or a head-to-head, but mm-hmm. um, making multiple cuts is just a different strategy, and that'll be that'll be fun. It's your first time at Trophy Lakes, right? Yep. Oh, I've never been there. Yeah. So I've been be to Charleston, fun. but I never went to ski at Trophy, so it'll be fun. Yeah, it's going to be cool. And I think, honestly, like October is a good time of year. It's the first weekend in October, but good time of year because... It's still plenty warm, but it's not like that humidity that just like sits on you, you know, kind mm-hmm. of like Alabama, those states like in August where it's just like, oh my gosh, you walk outside and you feel wet. Right, yeah. <laughs> so um, I think it's going to be a great time of year to be at Trophy. And then we have one week off and then I ski my first worlds, yep. which is cool. Um, and that's at Jack Traverse. So that's just down the road for us. Um, very excited, you know, but going to treat that like we treat the four round records, like we treat Malibu. Like I'm just going to try to work on my skills and try to ski as many rounds as I can, you know, and that'll be cool. And then we get a little bit of a break before the next bout. Don't we have a little break or no? Am I like imagining? Well, there's a uh, Massacraft coming up a little bit after that. Massacraft oh, I think we have Pro. one week off and then Massacraft Pro, so we don't get yeah. a break. Never mind. Not sure if I'm skiing that yet. I'll yeah. Have to qualify. So that one's interesting because it's got a, um, it's like a U.S. Open. There's a qualifying requirement. Mm-hmm. So for open men, you need a six at thirty nine in the past year or past two years. I forget. At least once to qualify. So um, everybody gives Stevie some some support because he's gonna try to get qualified for Mastercraft Pro in the next few tournaments here. Yep. I got. Which is cool. Couple chances. Yeah, we got a handful. Yeah, a few chances. So um, that'll be cool. And then Miami, and that covers it, right, for the year? Yep, that's yeah. it. Yeah, so that's going to be fun. We'll um, we'll do another episode for sure recapping each of those events because we won't get sick this time because we won't be traveling for so long. Yeah, hopefully the recap will happen sooner. <laughs> yeah, 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 sooner. Um, we haven't decided if we're taking Rosie to Malibu or not, but... <laughs> Rosie, do you want to go? She's like dead on the floor because she's in the lake all weekend. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, I think that about, if we think of anything else, we'll just cover it in a future episode. It was a, it was a great two weekends. 
Yeah, we'll have some episodes coming out too about like specific topics as well. Kind of like this is more of a long form than we usually do. The recaps are usually more long form, but for the upcoming episodes, I think we get kind of trying to tack one topic in you know a fifteen to thirty minute range. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, some people have been out. asking for more long form, so here's your long form episode. There you go. Yep, we did it. <laughs> well, thanks, Stevie. Thank you, Elizabeth. All right, guys, episode's over. Please leave a review and subscribe up on Apple. It would mean so much to me. And if you want to be the first to know about all things Ski or Die, shoot me a text at 561-468-3603, and we'll get you added to the community.